0: hello folks welcome back to yet another episode of in defense of liberation the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and one day soon a true proletarian revolution but until that day comes i am your host josh and i'd like to say thank you so much for stopping by this is your first time tuning in. I'd like to say again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It really does mean a lot that folks check out the show. I uh, have been doing a lot of guest spots recently, so if this is your first episode where like you heard me on a guest show, and now you're coming on my show to check out what I've got, uh, thanks so much for stopping by. I hope that you enjoy the content. I will admit, you know, the stuff that I do on here is not always necessarily as serious as the stuff that I do. Uh, on guest shows, uh, mostly just because I have the control to post more frequently here, so I can do a not-so-serious episode like, uh, you know, the last one uh, that talks more about different shows and, like, books that I've been reading, and also be able to post something about, like, uh, what we're going to talk about today, which has a little bit more to do with uh, actively organizing and stuff like that, but... Ultimately, again, if this is not your vibe, if you listen to the show and you're like, nah, I don't know, that's okay because not for nothing, this podcast is far from the most important thing that anybody should be doing. So if you're listening to this show and you're just listening to it because you think that it's a source of information, I would implore you to check elsewhere, but also to involve yourself in grassroots organization because... I think in that way, you will be able to learn a lot quicker and a lot more uh, concretely than by listening to anyone kind of tell you these things. Uh, Experience is the real teacher. So, if this is your, you know, second, third, whatever time, coming back and enjoying the show, it's nice to see you. It's great to, you know, know that any of the content that I am producing is worthwhile, entertaining, and, uh, you know, educational enough that people are... Wanting to come back, I hope it's also encouraging because that's another thing I'm going for. I really want folks to feel encouraged about getting organized and getting involved themselves because right now, you know, one of the most difficult things uh, facing a lot of the world is a lack of an oppositional force. You have these global hegemonic powers. The capitalist, imperialist world centers in Europe, in America, and elsewhere, which are absolutely dominating the economy, the production, the military force, the existence of 7.8 billion people is ultimately determined by this system that is really only leading to the benefit of less than a million Less than a million already very rich, already very powerful, already very, uh, you know, in control. I guess powerful kind of sums that up as well. People who have used or been a part of this capitalist imperialist system for the sake of profiting, for the sake of individual benefit. This is a society that cannot be allowed to continue any longer. And yet, as uh, I had a great discussion last night with some folks uh, with the reading circle I've been doing about uh, George Jackson's blood in my eye, where George really mentions, you know, half of the country is still arguing whether or not this is a fascist country. Well, the half that is actively organizing against it, if you can even say it's half, I I wouldn't necessarily say so, but the portion of society that is actively organizing against this fascist system is either ignored, uh, argued against, or isolated and punished by the state. So in a lot of cases, one thing that we are seeing is All these different roadblocks to not only people's understanding of the circumstances and situations created by the capitalist and imperialist system, but most importantly, I feel we have a complete and utter lack of action in a lot of cases. When it comes to political education, The point is not to just have more people who know things, but people who are willing to act, people who see things as being irreconcilable with the way things are today. And ultimately, that means that we have to either surrender to the decline and the uh, collapse of the world, really, or we have to actively fight What is destroying the world? Actively fight what is destroying communities? What is destroying exploited and oppressed people? And we can't just do that through podcasting. We can't just do that through reading books. We can't just do that through engaging with content on YouTube. We have to get involved. And now there's a lot of ways to get involved. This is one of the most important things I want to talk about. Everybody has a role to play and there are so many different roles to play. One of the most crucial things I think people forget is relationships and how important they are to actually developing the struggle. This is something I'm going to be talking about with Elena from the Red Nation coming up so I'm not going to get too deep into it. But remember... If you have individuals in your life who are members of organizations, who are, uh, you know, they might work at nonprofits, maybe they're involved in a small mutual aid network, or maybe that's you, maybe you yourself are involved in those things, and you have friends who maybe seem politically motivated, or seem at least semi-interested in the shit that you do, Talk to them about it. At the very least, talk to people about what it is that they and yourself can do at the time to create any sort of material change. It's not likely that each and every one of us, as soon as we become politically conscious, are just going to be able to snap our fingers and jump right into this revolutionary mass organization of communists and socialists. Most likely what is going to happen to a lot of us is we are going to have to find ways to organize in the circumstances we already exist in. Meaning that if you can't or do not have the time to join a party, then maybe right now is not the time to focus on joining a party. Maybe right now is time to focus on finding ways to get organized without necessarily having the time to join the party. Can you share shit on social media? Can you attend webinars? Can you hand out food and hats and gloves and mittens and clothes and blankets to people on the side of the road? Can you take $5 out of your wallet and give it to a person you see and spend some time talking to them, spend some time getting to know them, Can you take a little extra time out of your week to make sure that, you know, folks in your area have PPE? Can you take the time out of your day to educate yourself about the pandemic so that you can begin to have more educated and more nuanced and complicated discussions with people who otherwise are just going to get a bunch of, you know, uh, raw, just, you know, uh, one liners and, uh ultimately useless slogans of either trust the experts or you know get the jab or whatever it is that we're just trying to tell people to do we have to understand that's not how people work people don't listen just because you tell them to that much should be evident by now and so realizing how we have to go about developing this struggle is one of the most important things that we can each begin to get a concrete understanding of I think for me, I still have a lot to learn. I am not able to be as organized as I would like, as involved as I would like. As you know, you know, those of you who have listened to the show before, I have to record while driving to work. Because six to seven days out of every week, I'm at work. And so, because of that, I usually get home decently late, don't really feel like recording because I got to cook dinner, I'd like to see my partner, I'd like to spend some time relaxing, I'd like to smoke a little weed, you know, and so it's difficult to really be as militant as I, I even advocate for. It's really difficult for the average person who is working class to be a, you know, a kind of disciplined militant. Because so much of our lives is is taken from us. But, folks, during, you know, Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels' times, half of the workers who were participating in strikes, who were reading Das Kapital in small circles at their job, who are unionizing and fighting for different kinds of changes in the workplace and outside, they were working 50, 60, 70 hours a week in factories... In their homes, even, you had, you know, women who were and still are in a lot of cases domesticated slaves who were working at, you know, household chores, taking care of children, taking care of themselves, cooking, cleaning, heating a house, everything, while also having to oftentimes run a spinning loom or do some other form of labor to make up extra, you know, uh, wealth accumulation. So the nuclear family that they were a part of would be able to eat. And oftentimes all the funds that they would make from that went directly to their husband. Same with the children. And so when we hear about children as young as 14, 15 today being uh, you know, authorized to be able to start driving semi-trucks to replace striking, quitting, and, and, and laid off and dead workers... And when we start hearing about the sex work is work and we have to support the sex workers, uh, or excuse me, support sex work itself, I think a lot of folks completely forget where we came from, completely forget what little gains we were able to have because of the militant fighting of, you know, prostituted and domestically enslaved women, because of the fighting of children as young as 6, 7, and 8 who joined their mothers, joined their fathers on the picket line in the Haymarket affair where they were shot at. I think we ultimately forget the system that created prostitution, the system that created the sex trade, is an exploitative and oppressive system. And therefore, the few individuals who may enjoy, for the time being, their participation within the sex trade, that does not necessarily mean that that relationship is not an exploitative and oppressive one that they have thrown themselves into, or ultimately been thrown into, by that very capitalist imperialist system itself. Some of the earliest foundations to the sex trade Uh, here in North America was the fur trade and the uh, illegal capturing, kidnapping, and trafficking of indigenous women and children here on Turtle Island. That is some of the foundations to the sex trade and to the sex trafficking that is happening here on Turtle Island and around the world. So when we hear people talk about the fact that sex work is work, let us question that more and ask, what does that mean? What are we supporting here? And who is benefiting from this slogan? Because it is not the women and children who from, you know, ages as young as single digits are enslaved, trafficked, raped, assaulted, beaten, and ultimately made captive to a person and to people who have only their worst situations, only The worst experiences in mind for these trafficked and traded women, non men, and children. How can anyone who calls themselves a leftist? How can anyone who calls themselves a liberal? How can anyone who calls themselves sane support such a system? We cannot same way that we cannot support child slavery, we cannot support the indentured slavery of prostitutes, of sexually trafficked and sexually traded women, non-men and children. It is that simple because it is a, a exploitive system. It is a oppressive system, just as is the foundation and economic base to that system, which is capitalism and imperialism. A rotten system cannot make a ripe superstructure. A rotten system cannot ripen because of choice, because of individual participation, or because of reforms. A rotten system can only be put where a rotten system goes, in the trash. This means that we have to find ways to organize in order to destroy, explode, collapse, ultimately, completely and utterly erase the capitalist and imperialist system from the global world. And there are many ways that each of us can be doing this each and every day. But I wanna talk about one thing that commonly stands in the way for a lot of us, that isn't the system, that isn't, you know, COVID, which just real briefly, organization is still necessary because COVID has become normalized. COVID, as far as the ruling class governments and powers are concerned, is just yet another sickness that poor working, and exploited people are just going to have to deal with, and they're just going to have to deal with it alone. And so if we're just going to have to deal with it alone, then we're just going to have to deal with it, and we cannot just say, we can't organize because there's COVID, we can't do actions because there's COVID, we can't hand food out because there's COVID, because COVID is going to kill the people that we want to help. COVID is going to kill the people who need the help the most, because sicknesses, diseases, Exploitative systems always oppress and repress the most struggling and suffering people themselves. And so in this way, we must recognize that COVID for a lot of people is yet another form of oppression that needs to be organized against It cannot be ignored. We cannot cease our organizing. And we cannot expect that because we just simply sit around and do nothing, that all of a sudden the capitalist and imperialist powers are going to kick it into high gear and they're going to solve the pandemic for us. They have decided. We have our answer. They're not passing the Build Back Better bill. They're not passing the Voting Rights Bill. They're not passing the Child Care Act. They're not passing any of these social, political, or economic reform bills that are desperately necessary and would lead to the saving of lives that do not need to be lost. But otherwise, now, because they have made their decision, will be lost. Because the Democratic and Republican parties are absolutely useless to the people of the United States of America. These are two sides to the same coin. They are the two factions to what we might call the capitalist imperialist party, which has a one-party monopoly on U.S. politics. So I think uh, what I would like to mention here uh, before going is also the, like, the absolute power that depression, anxiety, and all these other mental illnesses really uh, hold over not only the masses, but also those of us who are wanting to get organized. I mean, I can't tell you how often I speak to someone who, you know, really has that revolutionary fervor, really has that conscious mentality that something needs to be done, but for whatever reason, can't. These folks who are so incredibly distraught by the idea that they can't go out and help people the way that they know that they need to and would like to this is so incredibly endemic to a system that is based on the exploitation and oppression of people that same system is not going to make it easy for each of us to take control and overthrow that system that much must be understood so if we're facing difficulties I'd say we cannot get down on ourselves For me, one thing I struggle with outside of my work schedule is anxiety. I've had general social anxiety my whole life. Uh, I, you know, under a lot of certain, you know, investigation, would be deemed as probably autistic. Uh, If not autistic, uh, I would probably be, I don't know. I have PTSD, I have OCD, I have ADHD, um, but as many people know, they don't really test for autism in adults, even though that is particularly what I want to get tested for. So, a lot of the symptoms of, you know, ADHD, OCD, uh, PTSD, depression, anxiety... And autism kind of materialize in a lot of the same ways. I uh I have a very hard difficulty, especially since the pandemic, being in large crowds. So demonstrations and protests are, are very hard <laughs> for me to be president. Uh you know, I've had to really look internally and question myself about whether or not I can continue to allow this anxiety to have this hold over me while also, you know, consistently preaching and actively calling for others to not allow their anxiety to have a hold on them. I definitely, you know, say a lot of what I have to say on this show as an opportunity to be able to say it to myself. As I've discussed on the show before, this podcast really started as an opportunity for me to voice my thoughts, opinions, and ideas uh, where other people might hear them, might critique them, and might help me advance them. And so ever since I started this podcast, it's really been something of the sort where... I never try to make it evident that I'm doing more or better than anyone else. I try to consistently point out as frequently as I can that I am actively learning, that I am actively growing and trying to build myself, that I am really in the same boat as many, which is unorganized, unmotivated, depressed, anxious and nervous about the world around me and that's another thing so many of us feel hopeless we feel as if you know there's no time left we failed climate change is here the sixth mass extinction is here economic collapse and the pandemic are here what are we to do after monopoly capitalism has brought also monopoly state control and, you know, monopoly capitalist control. What happens after this system, capitalism imperialism, has taken hold of even forms of resistance, has co opted movements, has silenced, kidnapped, exiled, tortured, and imprisoned dissidents and political activists and organizers. It's a situation that many people feel cannot be overcome. But this is not the case. This has never been the case, and this will never be the case. Capitalism and imperialism can always be overcome. You want to know why? Oil corporations have locations. Pipelines can be turned off. Resource extraction can be stopped. And mass imprisonment, mass incarceration, mass exploitation and oppression can be ceased, can be resisted, can be fought against. My friends, I would like to say that no amount of anxiety, no amount of depression should make anyone feel bad about themselves, should make anyone feel as if they are lesser than, should make anyone feel as if they are not doing enough. Depression, anxiety, ADHD, autism, PTSD... All of these things are symptomatic of a society that really does not have any interest in maintaining the well-being and the equality of its citizens. This society labels people as this or that so as to be able to toss them aside. You are elderly, you go to an old folks' home. You are disabled, you go to disabled living. You go to special classrooms, you get brought away from people. You're deaf, you get brought away from people. You're immunocompromised, you get brought away from people. You're in a wheelchair, you get brought away from people. No, this is not what we need. We need unity. Anxiety can be overcome. Depression can be overcome. I and many others are living proof that it doesn't have to be a day-to-day thing where you're just better, where anxiety is just gone now. If you can win today, if you can go and you can meet with people and you can organize and you can talk to tenants and you can hand out food and you can put food in a fridge and you can teach someone about COVID or domestic assault or rape, but tomorrow you need a day of rest and take that day of rest. But we have to realize that if that is how we are going to approach this, if we are going to expect that people need the time that they need to relax, to come down from burnout, to be able to take care of themselves, then we have to also realize that we also need someone to take their spot. This is why organizing is so important. Because if we become overwhelmed with depression or anxiety, if we are physically ill and cannot make it, if we have to work, or if we simply do not have the motivation to make it, we have to make sure someone else can. In order to do that, we have to be talking with people. We have to have people know what's going on if you know of organizations in your area, you've got to talk to them. If you know of activists in your, your area, you've got to talk to them. If you know friends who are militant, you've got to talk to them. If you know people who are angry, you've got to talk to them. If you know people who are hurting, who are suffering and struggling, you have to talk to them. You have to talk to them in a meaningful way. You have to get to know them as human fucking beings because that's what they are. That's what you are. That's what we all are. And yet we're not ever treated as such. We are not ever treated as the human beings that we are. We have a system that treats us like batteries and robots. We have a society based on waste. We have a society based on constant growth and accumulation of wealth for the few by the exploitation and oppression of the many. And we have a system that is based on a state, an organized tool of repression by one class over another that is dominated by the capitalist and imperialist class, the minority of the population, the smallest percentage of people who own the highest percentage of resources, factories, transportation companies, banking firms, and other forms of control. They own the private prisons, they own the schools, they build the weapons. They're in charge of the militaries. They set the course for the naval ships. They set the destination and the location for the 800 plus military bases across the world, such as the one in Hawaii that has recently uh, gone on to destroy the main aquifer uh, known as Red Hill. This is a reality that we are facing. Anxiety and depression are real things that we have to learn to be able to take care of that we have to learn, that people have, and we have to learn how to organize with. If this is a reality, then we can't just go on saying either you have to ignore your anxiety and depression and get over it, or you have to let your anxiety and depression run their course. We have to find a middle ground. We have to find a way to organize with this being the reality. We have to find a way to organize under monopoly capitalism. We have to find a way to organize against imperialism that is destroying the planet so as to overthrow this imperialist system and we have to build dual power we have to build organizations we have to build mutual aid and self-defense networks we have to build forms of shelter of feeding of clothing of employment and we have to find ways to support one another within a system that will not cannot and refuses to support us in any way that would be materially necessary I think it's clear for many that the capitalist and imperialist system is coming to an end, that it needs to come to an end, and that it will only be put to an end by the organization and revolutionary uprising of the people across the world. People in Latin America understand this, so they're doing it. People in Africa understand this, so they're doing it. People in Asia understand this, so they're doing it. People in Europe understand this, so they're doing this. And people in Turtle Island understand this, and so they're doing this. If this wasn't the case, Leonard Peltier, Mumia Abu-Jamal, and others like them would not be behind behind bars. If this was not the case, Fred Hampton, uh, Huey P. Newton, plenty of others would not be dead today. If this was not the case, then this system would have fell long before because we wouldn't have needed to rise up against it if this system was not based on the oppression of the millions and billions of people worldwide. We have a system that needs to come down. We have an ideology that can give us the guidance to do so. And we have masses, populations, billions of human beings whose lives depend on it and who need to see a new tomorrow. We have the opportunity today and every single second that we do not take to at least advance our own understanding of that reality is a second wasted. We only have one life, folks. We are in the middle of one of the most uh, problematic and destructive times in world history of late, and we need to do something. The Democratic Party is nothing. The Libertarian Party is nothing. The Green Party is nothing. And these national organizations that focus on simply being national organizations and continuing to exist as national organizations, but not using their power as national organizations to develop, support, and ultimately stand aside other national organizations and other people trying to develop organizations so as to have a united front of many different non-sectarian people against the capitalist and imperialist system we need people from all walks of life willing to stand up and say no more and the only way that we're going to be able to do that is together the only way we're going to be able to do that is arm in arm fighting for one another This is an internationalist struggle as well. This does not just exist here on Turtle Island. We have to understand, we have to be doing international delegations. We have to be speaking to resistance movements across the world. We have to be learning and researching about what they are doing and what they are saying, what they are learning from their own struggles and how we can implement that in our own lives. Is it universal? Is it particular? Can it be applied? Can it not? Can we learn from it anyways or can we not? We have to do deep study and we have to be doing it in organizations, in reading circles, in community organizations of any kind, because ultimately we cannot win alone. We cannot win with the brain, the brawn, and the ultimate you know bashfulness, or er, not bashfulness, um, bravery of a few individuals. We can't do it on the romanticization of individuals. We can't do it on the romanticization of revolution. We have to do it materially. We have to do it realistically. And we have to fucking do it now. So anyways, thanks for listening, folks. I hope everyone is well. If you want to reach out, please do. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I just really think right now I need folks to reach out. Reach out to one another. Reach out to me. Reach out to your friends. Hit everybody up. Check in. Everybody is so depressed and anxious right now. Suicide rates, drug addiction is on the rise. Such is so endemic of a decaying society, of a decayed society based on uh, exploitation and oppression. So, Black, Brown, and Indigenous people are leading the fight. So get involved. Hit up the Leonard Pelt free Leonard that's what I did. I reached out and they're sending me pamphlets and information and there's going to be a bunch of national, uh, events and demonstrations on February 7th to, uh, honor the 40th year anniversary of Leonard's imprisonment, uh, while, you know, being not guilty of the crime. So, uh, I think that that's one thing that everybody can do. We can do the same for Mumia. We can do the same for, uh, plenty of others whose. You know, names get lost because there's just so, so, so many. Like when thinking about George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, these are five of the billions who have been lost to this system since the earliest days of the transatlantic slave trade, of colonialism, of imperialism, and of capitalism. We have to fight it, and we have to win. But in order to do so, we have to start fighting now. Stay revolutionary, folks. Stay healthy, and stay safe. We'll see you next time. Peace.